This episode is brought to you by the Witty and Gritty 5-Minute Mini Journal. It's centered around Ephesians 6, 10-18, known as the Armor of God. Once you download this freebie, over the next 7 days, take a few minutes each day and dive into what the Armor of God is and why it's important to Christians in their daily walk. You can find this at wittyandgritty.blog. We'll link it in the show notes. Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Today is a special day, guys. We're secretly internally fangirling so that this person doesn't freak out on the other end, but we do have Autumn Miles on the show today. And if you haven't heard of her before, you're crazy, number one. But number two, we're going to give you all the links to all the places so you can get to know her. I feel like we should just say you're welcome now. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome, everyone. And yeah, definitely fangirling within and afterwards, we'll cry and hug it out. That's okay? true. Yes, that'll be great. So Autumn, thank you so much for coming on the show. We are super excited to have you. Uh, what a pleasure. You guys are amazing. I'm already excited. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have so much fun. I'm already having fun. I love it. I'm also monotone. So <laughs> when I say I'm having fun, I really am. Yes. Around here, the joke it's is my, say it with a smile. Yeah, it's really hard to do. So you have written several books. You've done multiple things. Why don't you go ahead and give us some insight into that? And then at the end, we can kind of recap and you can tell us about your ministry and all that stuff you're doing. Okay. Well, I've written three books. Um, they're my babies. I have four actual babies and then I have three book babies. And let me tell you, it is a baby when you deliver one of these books. So I have um, four, four amazing kids, Grace, Jude, Moses, and Haven. They're all throughout all of my books. I've been married to my husband for 17 and a half years, which is a big deal to me. Congratulations to me. Okay. It's a big deal. And he's amazing. Um, but ministry wise, uh, written three books I've done, we've done, we started off doing conferences. So we did women, we did 26 conferences in five years, which was stupid. Don't do that. It was so dumb. <laughs> it was like, I was so tired at the end of it, but God blessed it. And that led into, um, I had a daily radio show in DFW for five years and I loved it and it was amazing. But when COVID hit, it was like, okay, girl, let's, we're going to have to change course started my own podcast at that point. Uh, but from that, I do all sorts of things, right? Op-eds um, for, I've written op-eds for uh, Washington Post, Christianity Today, Fox News, those, those places. Um, working on my fourth and fifth book all at the same time, and maybe a devotional in there somewhere. Um, but you know what? All, all of that um, really is, is nothing compared to my relationship with Jesus. And that is who I am. I'm a child of the King, and it is because of him that all of those other things exist. They are nothing, nothing without him because he's the one that put my marriage together, gave me all my kids, and everything else. So that's that's a snapshot 
of what I am. I hope that answers your question. I love it. So we are talking about your book today, Gangster Prayer. So for someone who hasn't read the book, can you just give us a quick little snapshot of what it means to be a gangster prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> this could take on a lot of different meanings. Gangster Prayer was my third uh, book deal that I got. And um, this concept, however, was in my spirit 20 years ago. This was not, oh, I have this great idea. This was God planting it in me 20 years ago. So I would say, even though it's my last book that we've uh, had published thus far, um, this was the first concept God gave me. And uh, Gangster Prayer, it came about like this. You know, we, I was so, so annoyed and so sick and so tired of fake, dry, crappy prayers. I wondered, God, are you going to actually answer this prayer? Or am I like just speaking to someone who's not hearing me? And then I would never get the answer. And I was like, that's so dumb. Because if Elijah can call down fire from heaven, and he's a man, James tells us, just like I am, and just like you are, well, a woman, you know what I mean, human. Um, why can't I get the same result? And so 20 years ago, when I, um, I was uh, actually in the process of a divorce and getting kicked out of my church, which is another story. That's another book. That's I Am Rahab. Y'all got to read that one too. Uh, God really got a hold of my life. And he said, I, what, what is a miracle to everybody else? What everyone else defines as a miracle, you can live every day. It doesn't have to be a miracle to you. It can be your everyday life. If you want to live that life, go on a journey with me. And I remember watching, uh, like, like, I think it was like A&E, like when they have those like gangster shows, when it's like the gangsters of New York and you're like, ah, these people are crazy. Um, I was watching that and I, I'm, I'm so drawn to the psychology of people. And I'm like, why would these gangsters be so loyal to their leader? Why would they do everything that they say to do? Like, like that intrigued me. I mean, they were doing not very good things, but, but their loyalty struck me. And the Lord told me as I was sitting in my really nice bed watching this, whatever it was, uh, documentary, uh, he said, uh, uh, they, those gangsters right there, those criminals, they're more passionate about their work of evil than you are my work of prayer. And I'm telling you what, it was like one of those Jesus spankings where he's like, oh my goodness. Uh, you know, you, you immediately sit up and you, you're, uh, you're corrected by the Lord where he's like, listen, you are, you could experience so much more in your life, but you're not. And that night it changed everything in my life. And I was like, I am so done with this fakeness. I'm so done. I'm going to go on this quest. And that's exactly what I did. I love that. I definitely can relate to recognizing a passion in something, right? I'm not very passionate when it comes to household chores. So you won't see me eagerly like washing the dishes. <laughs> yes, when you think about the passion that criminals and evil is putting into, you know, their purpose, if you will, 
And then you take a look at yourself as a Christian and you're kind of checking yourself like, okay, my calling is to live out God's calling on my life. Am I doing that passionately, um, including your prayer life? So I love the idea behind the title, Gangster Prayer, and just highlighting that passion piece. If people are that passionate to carrying out evil, it almost to me says we need to be that much more passionate about fulfilling uh, what God's calling us to do. Yeah, I also feel like some people, like it's, prayer is very underrated in their life. Wait a minute, you have a direct line to Jesus yeah. and you're not using it all the time. Me and my husband joke, I'm always like, thank you God for letting me hit the green light. <laughs> so <laughs> he's your friend, you can talk to him about anything. And he's like, okay, so <laughs> roll with it. Ah, that's me. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I've just, I've always felt like that was a stronger suit of mine as opposed to like physically reading my Bible. But I think a lot of people are easy to say, oh, well, that's just, it's just prayer life. He already knows my heart. He already knows what I'm going to say. He already knows. So why try, which is a mentality we want to avoid big time. Which leads well into our next question, which is, and you talk about this a lot in the book. um, So we always encourage our listeners to go out and get their own copy. But if you could talk for a little bit, what advice would you give somebody that feels like prayer doesn't make a big difference for two reasons? One, maybe he doesn't care, you know, about the green lights or maybe two, um, it's his will anyway, almost like, you know, he's already planned out the whole destination. So what effect does prayer have in the grand scheme of things? I would say just very, uh, as graciously as possible. Um, I used to be you. I get it. I get it. I get you saying, this is stupid. Like, this is never going to happen. This miracle that I'm looking for, it's never going to happen. Um, I I totally get it. But I would respectfully say to you, you're wrong. You're wrong. And this is why I know that. I've studied the scripture. I've been a student of, of the scripture for 20 years, like hardcore student. I mean, I started in the nursery, but that was pre-Jesus. You know, I was learning about God. I didn't have a, a relationship with God at that time, but I was learning in the nursery. Um, but what we see from scripture, what do we see God doing in Genesis? We see God creating um, the world for us. He is literally giving us, he, he gave the dominion of the garden and the earth over to Adam and over to Eve. He's giving, what do we see him doing in the beginning of uh, the New Testament? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospels, read them, all four of them, they're phenomenal. We see him giving us his son. God's nature is giving. That is who he is. You cannot separate God from um, his giving nature. It's not going to happen. So what does Satan tell us? God doesn't care. He don't want to give you that. He can't give you that. You're in a place financially where you'll never get out of this hole. You're in a place in your marriage where you'll never get out of this hole. God's not going to give you that. Just stop praying for it. You're wasting your time because whatever God is for, Satan is against. And if he knows that God is willing to give you the, the victory, then he is going to fight you so hard to where you will not believe it's possible. So you won't even bother praying about it. This is a mind trap of the enemy. I, I, this frustrates me so much because I think it's because I can, um, I can identify with this so much. 
Um, when we when we adopted Moses and Haven, if your 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 readers don't know, they'll hear it in the book, or your listeners don't know, they'll hear it in the book. Um, we we were matched with a woman who is pregnant with identical twins. That's what she told us. Identical twin girls. I am pregnant with identical twin girls, and we want you to parent them. Well, that's like above and beyond. That's like Ephesians three twenty, immeasurably more than we can ask for or imagine. And something in my spirit was like, this is not right. I did a little autumn detective work, found out that um, she wasn't pregnant at all. She was scamming us. It was a horrible time. But uh, me, my husband, Grace and Jude, my two bio kids, um, went through this horrible process of almost like it's, a, it's like a miscarriage in the adoption community when you separate from a match. And something in me said, pray for God to restore. He says in Isaiah, I will give you a double portion and you will shout for joy because of your portion. And so I, I claimed that verse forever. And it was in 2015 in February, we had waited for three years to adopt that we got a call about an emergency baby on February 18th. Hey, we have this emergency baby. Will you take him? Yes, we will take him. 24 hours later, after waiting for three years to adopt, we got a call from the agency and said, I know you took a baby boy yesterday, but a, 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 parent, a, a birth mother of a little girl chose you today. Will you take her as well? God restored because I wasn't scared that he wouldn't answer. I expected him to answer. I didn't doubt that he would. I knew that he was in it because his word told me he will give me a double portion. And when it comes to the um, if God wills, wills thing, I struggled with this for a long time because I grew up in, uh, I would say, a legalistic Baptist church, even though my dad was a pastor. Shh, don't tell him. Um, but I was like, but God, what is, I only want your will and your will. And yeah, of course we do. That's like understood that we want his will. But God got a hold of my heart one time when I was like, only your will. It's almost like I was scared to pray bold prayers because I'm like, what if it's not in his will? Am I like defying the Lord or whatever? It's crazy what we think. We go crazy. And the Lord said, Autumn, faith is my will. You want to please me? Without faith, it is impossible to please me. Faith is my will. So stop with all of these barriers about what I can do. Stop with all this fear about what I won't do if it's in my will. My will is for you to have faith. And I'm telling you what, I never prayed that same way again. It shattered every fear I had in relation to, am I praying in God's will? Listen, if it's not God's will, you think God's going to do it? God's a pretty strong guy. He's pretty strong-willed. <laughs> He's not going to do it if he doesn't want to do it. But listen, he invites us in to pray for those big things. So I love how you tied in all your stories. How So now you've convinced us. We want to pray boldly. <laughs> so what, is, what does that look like for someone who has only done the if your will be done, Lord? How does that even start? What's the thought process? Yeah, because okay. some people might feel like it's awkward and they want like the sentence starter, right? The traditional things that you're hearing. But then they kind of get stuck in that routine or that formula. So um, how would you suggest either starting or growing confident and comfortable in prayer. You're not going to like what I say. I'm just going to tell you. So I just apologize if you hate me after this. Um, but you have to sort of get to a place where you say, I'm terrible at this. 
I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not getting the results that I want. And you have to take that to the Lord. And for me, it was a process of repenting. I'm so sorry I put you in a box. I'm so sorry that I read the pages of scripture for this long, but didn't believe one of them. I had to take it all the way back to the foundation because this is what I found personally in my life. And there's a whole chapter about this. We have built, most of us believers, we build our foundation of prayer on doubt. I doubt you will. Rather than a foundation of faith, I believe you're going to. And what that looks like practically, we actually were just talking to my team. I think we're going to do a year of, um, of building a prayer life actually next year in 2022. It's going to be great. Don't tell anybody. Uh, but but what, what, we're, what, what, what I did is I had, when God said, that criminal is more passionate about his life than you are about prayer. I took it all the way down to the nubs, guys. And I was like, okay. I'm demolishing all of this. I want to build something that will produce heaven on earth. How do I do that? And I went and started uh, walking in a cemetery. I don't know why. It was quiet there. I don't really know. It was so weird. Uh, but I started walking in a cemetery. And I, I would just, I, it was like I would talk to God. And I'm like, and all those doubts would rush in. God, hello. It's autumn here. You know, it's so stupid. Like, he knows that I'm walking to a cemetery. But then I would feel like he, I, all the doubts would rush in. He's not listening. What are you doing? Why are you here? What are you going to ask him for? And then I realized at the more I walked, I walked every night for an hour, every single night, because I was intentional, not because I needed to walk, because I hate exercise. But I walked in order to build the foundation of what I wanted from my prayer life. I walked and I walked until I felt those little um, pauses in my spirit or peace in my spirit. And I recognized that as the Holy Spirit speaking to me that way. And when I recognized the Holy Spirit was speaking to me as I would talk to him, he would speak to me. It, it, it built my faith in a way that I started asking him for things. And I, I'm sure I wrote this in the book. Um, I remember my first big ask was I was at a 7-Eleven. Like, I mean, listen, super bougie, 7-Eleven, okay? I'm going in to get a bottled water, whatever it is. And I, I'm like, God, this is, the bit, this is the most faith I have. This is like less than mustard seed faith. This is like a kernel. Like even, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is like nothing. I'm like, I'm just praying with every faith that I have that a man with a blue shirt will walk in when I'm buying my water. And I'm like standing around and I'm like, do I go slow just to give God time? Or like, do I linger at the, at the refrigerator? Like, what do I do, right? Do I fumble with my change? Girls, let me tell you something. I went to get my water. I turn around. A man walked in with a bright blue shirt on. I, 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 I'm so stupid looking back on it now, but it really isn't. Because that was the foundation of my faith building through prayer. I asked God for it, and he did it. It was so small. But every giant faith is built on God answering one little tiny ask at a time. And I built it unashamedly. It took me a year. And I was in, at that time, I was in, uh, I've been, this, Eddie is my second husband. I was married to another guy. And um, it gave me the boldness and the courage that year, actually telling my husband, my ex-husband, I got to go. 
I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. Um, so let me tell you something. Uh, that's how you build it. You have to humble yourself. You have to ask God to intervene. You have to actually understand that your faith is probably not what you're telling people it is. <laughs> be honest, be transparent, be real. And you build from a place of humility and you let God come in and show you who he actually is. I love that. I like how you mentioned the word intentional. We talk about that on the show all the time. You intentionally did it. You got some physical exercise as well. And <laughs> you even had some converse. It's conversation. Prayer is a conversation. It's not just like a, okay, bye. See you later and go about your day and then call. Hey, I need this. Okay. Bye. You're actually taking time to pause and reflect. So intentional reflection and it took time and you were patient with that as well. And we've talked before, uh, we're both former collegiate athletes. So we like to use sports analogies and it's always, you know, practice makes perfect but it's like perfect practice makes progress, right? So just because you go practice seven days a week doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get better unless you're going at it with, you know, everything you got. Deliberate so, practice. Yes, exactly. So you mentioned in your book multiple times where God is either, you've used the phrase, given you a verse or told you to do a task like the, hey, you need to go pack a bag. So a lot of people, I remember, I remember when I was reading your book, I was like, I want that too. And then I was like, wait, Autumn just said that anybody can have this. You have a direct line with God. <laughs> so what would you say to the person who's like, okay, or just, can you explain what it means? Like when God gives you a verse, like, is he like Philippians 413 or what does that look like or sound like in your head or in your heart? Well, I love that you brought up that story. Okay. First of all, God speaks to all of us all the time. This is our problem. We discount it and think it's our thoughts. Um, when God told me to go count a, pack a bag that night, I knew exactly what, I knew it was God because I knew the problem. And I knew that we needed, I needed to obey and I needed to do that because I knew the circumstances in our life, okay? And, and uh, I didn't pack a bag. I didn't obey. I came back home after church and we had gotten that crazy phone call and then I had to pack a bag and we had to leave. My husband and I had to, uh, to, to leave. Um, God speaks to us all the time. This is why it's so important. Man with the blue shirt story is so important because it refines to you, to your soul, what is it like when God is speaking directly to you? You have to identify what is God speaking to you and what is your own thoughts. The reason I could be obedient, well, I wasn't obedient that time, but I have been obedient more than that, okay? Like, <laughs> I'm human over here. But, but when God speaks to us and we know it's him, um, that comes with understanding what he sounds like to us. He's probably spoken millions of times to millions of people, but Satan wants us to say, oh, that's my thoughts. Oh, I'm not going to send that email because um, that's probably my thoughts. Oh, I'm not going to have that conversation because that's probably my thoughts. That's that's probably me, um, um, you know, talking to myself or, or whatever it is. No, it's not all the time, okay? Sometimes it's God wanting to change your life in a very small, palatable way and, and an action step that you can do. The reason I got my daily radio show 
in Dallas. It's not because I have my degree in radio broadcasting. I have my degree in the travel industry. What I have my degree in is completely obsolete. No one even uses it anymore, okay? Travel, you just go to like the internet. But the reason I got my, my, my show is because one night at 9.30, God said, I want you to send this person an email and tell him you want to do radio. I sent it within like the next morning. It wasn't even 24 hours. The next morning, he contacted me back and said, I I've, been, I've been on the show multiple times. I love your energy. Come in. Let's talk. I got the job that same day. Those little nudges in your spirit, that seemed crazy. They did not come from you. I was getting Grace ready. Grace was a baby. I was putting a diaper on her to go to Wednesday night church because my husband was a pastor. I'm not thinking about packing a bag to go out of town. If they don't come from you and they're out of the blue, they're probably from the Holy Spirit. Lean into them. We've got to have the courage to act when we feel those nudges in our spirit um, to move forward. But the only way you're going to do that is recognizing what is the spirit and how does he uh, resonate with you? I love it. Uh, our last question we have before we wrap up is how have you integrated this whole concept of like just the whole gangster prayer concept into your family? Like, what are you doing with your kids? How are you doing? Okay. Study? How, how can we as moms say, all right, now let's pray. Or what, what do you do? What does that look like? Okay. This concept was way here before my family was. They, they came in on it. It didn't come in on them. Um, but, but I will tell you, it is, it is, this is not a book. This is my literal daily life. We talked about Grace um, earlier. She was brought up when we adopted our, our um, Moses and Haven. Um, Grace prayed for that. Let me tell you a story about my daughter, Grace. We were going to adopt another child. We were praying through it. I, we took it to Grace. This is going to blow your mind, okay? We took it to Grace and Jude because we, we, I think we so disrespect our children because we don't think that they can handle harder things than what color fruit snack do you want, red or blue? Like, come on, people. They're people. They have brains. We have always challenged our children, especially spiritually. But we, were, we, we had got an opportunity for a little girl uh, to be adopted. And my husband and I were praying for it. I didn't have peace about it for some weird reason, but we took it to our kids. And I said, it, Grace was young. She's probably eight. And Jude was three years younger than that. So he was five. And we're like, we want you to think about this. We want you to pray about this. The next day, I come back to Grace and I'm like, baby, what do you think? about adopting this particular child because it's not just Eddie and I who adopted our precious babies. It was all of us. We all said, come on in, join the Miles crazy crew. Uh, we all said that. And Grace looked at me and she said this, I have a hurt in my heart. And I about dropped my Diet Coke right there in Smash Burger. I looked at her and I was like, I know exactly, that is the spirit of God saying, I don't, you don't have peace. This is how we parent, okay? When our children come home and they have a problem at school or they have a problem with a teacher or with uh, sports or whatever, we immediately say, let's talk to Jesus about it. Just a couple of weeks ago, um, I'll one of my kids, um, I got a phone call about one of my kids 
And the Lord said, Autumn, you need to back down. You need to do nothing. And you need to turn this situation over to me. Let me tell you, God turned that situation around in 48 hours, not as a result of me stepping in. It was a result of him stepping in. So um, when I say this, we pray for our houses. We pray for parking spots. I pray for like the good sour cream at Target. Like I pray for Tostitos to be in stock. I pray for Dasani water. Like this is not some side thing that we do. Let me tell you something. I prayed for nails. I read the book. I mean, the book is like full of like crazy things. It is our lifeblood to how we live. Everything in my life, in my husband's life, and in my kid's life is a result of prayer. People don't understand that um, if, if, you've, if you've not seen it. But when God said what's a miracle to them can be a lifestyle to you, I believed him. I like that. You're not only modeling, which we know can be effective, but you're in being intentional. That just seems to be the word that keeps coming up about getting them involved and encouraging them to take it to Jesus. So we are going to wrap up, but first we need to know where can people find you on the internets? How do we get in contact with you? They're going to want more. I need the books. I need the ministries. I need the conferences. Not 25 in five five years. No. That was so dumb. Um, So autumnmiles.com is, you know, the website. Uh, I do Instagram. I do Facebook. I don't do Twitter. Twitter needs Jesus too bad. We just, it's just like, we need to like a coalition to go (laughs) revivalize Twitter. Um, But I'm on those two places. We also, I also have my own podcast. We launch every Tuesday. Um, It is consistent. It's, It's unbelievable what God has, the work that God has done with that. Those are the main things um, right now. Uh, three books. I, I I would love for you to go get all three of them, but I understand that's weird, like for people to ask for that. Not but weird. you can get them at any anywhere books are sold. Uh, domestic violence uh, specifically is a part of my past that I talk about on I Am Rahab. And um, so that's really, really, it took me three years to write that book. So it's really, really close to my heart. Um, but you can, like I said, you can get them on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, wherever, wherever you get your books. But those are the main places at this point. All right. We will link all that up, people. So make sure you head to our site and we'll link that up. And we can't close without the gangster prayer. Not praying. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. You guys this, ready? Yes. This is for all our listeners and anyone who might ever come across this. Yes. 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 So, Lord, I just thank you so much, God. Wow. What a God you are. What a God you are. And we take this second, Lord, and we worship the God that you are, the God who is willing. You are willing. Someone right now is listening to this podcast, and they're wondering, God, if you're willing. And Lord, I pray that you speak to their spirit right now and say, I am willing. I have been willing. Just ask me. I will move on your behalf. So God, I pray that you change a life today, literally, as a result of this prayer. God, we believe that you are who you say that you are. God, I pray for that person right now that's listening to this podcast that's saying, I so resonate with, I, 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 I hate my prayer life. I want it to produce fruit. I want to believe in the promises of scripture. God, I pray that your spirit would just be sent out right now and that you would show them personally today a personal interaction with you today to confirm that, yes, I'm ready to do the work with you. 
God, I pray over the Witty Gritty Podcast, which I just think is the best name ever. God, I pray over this podcast. I pray that you would bless it. I pray that you, your word would be honored through it. I pray that people would come to this podcast, Lord, that are, that are, are wanting hope and that there, there uh, is built an expectation of hope when they download this podcast. I pray that you use these two precious woman, women, Lord, for your name, for your kingdom, for your glory. And God, we, we look to you. You are the source of of all power in our prayer. So no matter what needs are represented during this prayer, during this podcast, I pray, Lord, that everyone here looks to you as the source of the power of the answer to their prayer. I pray that you today would speak to them and say, there is hope. Call on the name of Jesus, because there is hope. And God, we thank you for hearing us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for interacting with our lives so personally. I thank you that you are so tangible. I thank you that your spirit is so precise. I thank you, Lord, for loving me in spite of all my flaws. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Mic drop. <laughs> well, Autumn, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been an honor and a joy. You do just light up the room. I love it. Yes. <laughs> God bless y'all. Y'all, I just pray the best blessings over your podcast. What a what a treat it is. And man, this is really fun. Thank you so much. Thanks. We help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes.